877-710-ESPN is the number. Kamenetsky Brothers here for another hour and a half. Uh, breaking it all down, Andy. Two L.A. guys spurning the Lakers. Not well, right. Not L.A. anymore. No, and really, are they? Well, this is the thing. We, we learned two years ago when are, Paul yeah. George held the Inland Empire in the balance. As this he wasn't was, even two years ago. Wasn't uh, this just last year? It was no. last year that we excommunicated Palmdale, right? Yeah, I guess it was, it was last, last year. year. Yes, when he yes, you're right. We uh, He had the Inland Empire in the balance, and then he got excommunicated. Right. And now that fire has had even more gasoline thrown on it by Kawhi Leonard so getting, long, Riverside. getting right. Riverside excommunicated and Paul George doing it twice to the Inland Palm, Empire. Palm, did Palmdale's in real trouble. Oh, Palmdale's in a lot of trouble. Is Palmdale in the Inland Empire? I, don't, I believe it is. No, I don't think so. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, Riverside is Riverside what I'm saying. Is the Inland Empire. Empire. Okay, Palmdale. Palmdale's up to 14, Andy. Where, right. Where I mean, look, honestly, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it doesn't that. matter. Yeah. You lost all your L.A. privileges. If you're there, you can't come. Oh, they're done. They're done. Those guys managed to come back to what was considered technically L.A. Like we were willing to let you do it. And they wiped their respective cities off the map. Yep. Riverside, Palmdale, I don't even know what those are anymore. Might as well be in Arizona. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Wait, wait, what? What is Riverside? What is Palmdale now? Like, I don't know. I mean, sorry, guys. You're nothing. But it's it's this thing where the... They've become their own city-states. <laughs> Bronstein said they've become their own like, city-states. They're like those tiny little countries that exist inside South Africa. <laughs> like the little circles. I mean, like, they, they might as well declare... <laughs> Sotho and something else. They might as well, Riverside What's and Palmdale, declare, like, their own independence with their own currency. and Because, like, like, nobody's going to accept them anymore. No. Like, anywhere in the L.A. area. Like, they're... Persona it's, non gratis. It's uh, it, it's 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 an interesting setup and an interesting day for Lakers fans because on the one hand the Lakers are still really good like they have Anthony Davis they have Paul George they're scrambling around and you know I we just saw Marcus Morris by the way uh, two years twenty million going to San Antonio so this from Shams at the Athletic um I, Morris probably the best guy left on the board yeah. You know, plays plays a position at this point where you know maybe you wonder, I mean, where they where they could fit him in. He's you know? I would say this: he is the best uh, Marcus Morris that was unrestricted. Like unless you're going to get into guys like DeLon Wright in Memphis, a point guard who, mm-hmm. in theory, you could put out an offer sheet for. Off the top of my head, Marcus Morris was the best remaining unrestricted free agent. <laughs> and as somebody points out, now the uh, the. The Spurs have Demar, Lamarcus, and Marcus. <laughs> so you have Demarcus, Marcus, Lamarcus. That's good. It's Whoever's, like what happened in Indiana with right, all the TJs. All the TJs. The Indiana acquired all the TJs in the league. They have three guys named TJ now in Indiana. As, That's as, how much player movement has happened. As our week. colleague at the Athletic, Bill Orem, pointed out, that is what's now referred to as the TJ Max. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Marcus Morris, once you sign. I guess once you sign JaVale and DeMarcus Cousins, now do you want to give $10 million to DeMar- to Marcus? Well, but like, I, I, I think are, you can make the argument for it because when, he can play some small and power forward. He mm-hmm. is a good defender. He's a good outside shooter. I think if nothing else, Marcus Morris would bear consideration. I'm sure, and I'm sure they did. And I he's been linked to him, and, and they have been. And I don't know if they have enough money for him. Like I, some of these details haven't been completely sorted out yet. 
But when you go back to that beginning argument of which way could they have gone, like, well, you could have had, if you were doing this at the beginning, maybe you have a Morris and Danny Green and you figure out this guy over here and you're just working from a little bit more of a position of strength. Andy, you made just a surprised face. What what did you just say? Unrelated to this. Oh, okay. Um, all right. 877-710-ESPN is the number. Don in City of Industry. You're on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Uh, the Brothers K. The Brothers Karamazov. Nothing on you. How you doing, guys? Thanks, man. How are you doing? Oh, well, I, I'm just a little frustrated with all these sissy, panty-waist, late crybaby Laker fans going, Oh, woe is me. We didn't get Kawhi in the sky. Yeah, Bronstein, shut up. Bunch of chicken littles. Man, you just know. Just say it. It's Sliwa. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. You know, it's like, look, the only thing I'm mad about, I never want to Kawhi in the first place. I wish we would have used that space to fill in around, get all the good free agents that dropped all off the board while we're waiting for that fool. You know, it's like, and it isn't like Kawhi and uh, Paul George don't have an injury history themselves. Hello? You know, they're going to miss games, too. You know, it's like, man, I just can't. Some of these Laker fans aren't worthy enough to look a real Laker fan in the eye. Like Lou Gossett Jr. said in Officer and a Gentleman, use your peripheral vision. You know, yeah, like, oh, that's geez. right. Strong, Don, with the Lou Gossett Jr. pull. Um, and I, I think that he's so tired of these shows with Lou Gossett Jr. references. <laughs> just left and right. Another yeah, one? I like Digstown better, to be honest. <laughs> Digstown. <laughs> Enemy mind. That's a pull. <laughs> No, Enemy Mind's a better pull than Digstown. Well, no, but Enemy Mind is very difficult to pull uh, Lou Gossett Jr. dialogue from Enemy Mind. It sounds odd. No. Well, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you probably have to pull uh, sound from Dennis Quaid. It'd be easier. Uh, but anyway, like you you have this setup where like it, the Lakers feel like they're worse off than they are, but you do wonder what it might have looked like. Like, you just... Yeah, because a lot of these guys were more expensive than we thought they might be. But then again, somebody like Jeremy Lamb ended up in Indiana for $10 million. You're like, whoa, $10 million. Boyan Bogdanovich 26. and Seth Curry potentially together might have been a better supporting cast than Danny Green and, and everybody else Everybody sure. else that you could have gotten anyway. Right. And you don't know what... At least maybe, potentially. Maybe you, you know... If you can offer somebody who's got nine million somewhere, if you can offer him seven million, maybe the show. There's, we'll just, we'll never know. But I, I, I do think as somebody who has been plenty critical of the front office, I do think it's unfair to be critical of them for taking a shot at, at, at Kawhi, assuming that Kawhi really was considering them, and there's been zero indication that this was some sort of big fake-out. No, th- there's no question that Kawhi and his team used the Lakers to create some leverage to eventually end up on the Clippers, but that's negotiating. I mean, whenever you, you're you a free agent going into these situations, you have your first choice, your second choice, your third choice, and there were three teams that Kawhi was working with. There's a difference between the Clippers being a higher choice for Kawhi and the Lakers not having been a choice at all. Right. Like, assuming that it really doesn't turn out that Kawhi had just been using the Lakers purely as a leverage play, and if the Clippers weren't able to make this deal, he was just going to go back to Toronto because there was no way at the end of the day he was going to be a Laker. Unless unless it turns out that the Lakers badly overestimated how mutual this interest is, or was, I'm not going to kill him for this. He's the best player in the NBA right now. How do you not try to put that on your team? In his prime. Yeah. You join him up with Anthony Davis after LeBron. Yeah, you're setting yourselves up for the present and the future. Like you said, you and I have not been afraid to criticize moves that this front office has made. 
But I again, unless they really got their intel wrong, I, I don't think you can really hammer them for this. Mike in Pasadena, you're on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Hello? Yep, go ahead, Mike. Hey, Andy, I've really appreciated listening to you all week. It's a shame Ireland has to come back. Yeah. <laughs> we all feel that way. So I was going to ask you guys two questions. One, so Paul George and Kawhi both asked for trades from their respective teams, the Spurs and Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. And because it's the Lakers, of course, everybody goes, no, no, no. The Lakers are the Lakers. We're not going to do anything for them. So they trade them elsewhere. So I guess what's so con- I guess concerning is why is it he says, I want to go to the Clippers, and all of a sudden they call up the Clippers. Maybe they try to leverage it with Toronto per Woj's report. But why would they be so willing to deal with the clip to send him to the Clippers, which is where he wanted to go? Well, I, and uh, it's New York. Yeah, I mean it's a good because it's a good question because and thanks for the call. I think it's mostly because you can't call up New York and say we'll give this guy to you um, because he don't want to go there. Like George, if you traded him in New York by himself or whatever, probably is going to make. It very clear to management in New York or Charlotte or any other city, like that's not where I want to be. I want to be in Oklahoma City or I want to go back to LA or whatever it is. And I think what we've discovered, Andy, tell me if you think you disagree. Acquiring a disgruntled superstar is a bad idea, which is part of the reason, like when people say, you know, we've seen like, would this trade from Toronto have gotten it done? That included George, maybe included Westbrook. Like you could send both of those guys up there. The idea of, Putting Russell Westbrook somewhere where he doesn't want to be, or Paul George if he doesn't want to be in Canada, I mean, it's it just not Look, a good idea. You can cut both ways. I mean, we had heard that Paul George was open towards Indiana when he first got traded there, but I mean, uh, OKC, but it's not where he wanted to be. You know, Toronto was certainly not where Kawhi would have wanted right, to and both go. Both of those guys are gone. No, they're <laughs> both no, but they're both gone. But Paul George initially re-signed with Oklahoma City. He did, and. Toronto, beyond the fact that it worked out for him with a title, I think Kawhi would have given consideration to stay. My my point sure, is, but, my point but, but they're is both a, gone. They're they're both gone. But the idea that you can't the point being that you can't take on a guy that you have any concerns about not wanting to be there. I think it depends on the the There's a difference it depends between on the being, infrastructure being of the organization, sort of, how well right. run you are, what you can offer them. And but you know, sort of being sent out of the blue to somewhere. Like all all these things matter, but like you don't take Russell Westbrook unless you know Russell Westbrook wants to be there. No, absolutely. You just don't do that. Right, so, I mean, I think I, Toronto and Masai Ujiri rightly sussed this out properly yes. and said, We can't do that. Absolutely. I mean, and Kawhi doesn't even necessarily want to really be here. He'd rather be in L.A. So let him go where he wants to go, and we'll start with our guys, and we'll recreate something. We want a title, so we have oh, this, this already worked out for him. The Raptors, this came out ahead for them. Yeah. Um, okay, Eight seven 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 ten. espn is the number. Um, we haven't talked about the Western Conference and who the favorites are. And answering this question is not easy. Uh, it got a little more clarity today with the Clippers moves, but everything behind that, and even with the Clippers, is uh, is worthy of conversation. We'll do that. We'll take some more of your calls. ESPN LA. 877-710-ESPN is the number. The Lakers, the Kawhi saga is over, and uh, he's a Clipper. So is Paul George. The Utah Jazz have moved up in this uh, in, in the Western Conference this offseason. The Portland Trailblazers have made a lot of interesting moves. The Spurs just signed Marcus Morris, and they've acquired Damari Carroll, who's like, what, like in the top ten of Spursiest type players, like in the history of the league. It's amazing he's never played for them yet. Top to bottom, and the Pelicans have done some interesting stuff. The Mavs have done some interesting stuff. And you get the Kings. Kings. Kings have done some interesting stuff. I mean, 
look, if you really want to project ahead, if you really have confidence in the Lakers, you look ahead to the East. The East has gotten more interesting as well. Uh, one thing at a time. <laughs> well, one I'm, thing tr- I'm, I'm trying just to project the, the optimism I know, I gotcha. that I know a lot of people want to hear right one now. One thing at a time. Uh, but let's start with just the 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 LA argument. Like that because that's I think where a lot of people are starting is is who which of these teams is better, Lakers or the Clippers? Stephen A. Smith talked about that. Uh, I believe this morning on SportsCenter. It's hard to say. I got to admit that. I don't like to dance. You understand? I leave that to Fred Astaire, Michael Jackson, or Max <laughs> Kellerman. I don't like to dance. I like to, I like to sit up there and be very straight with it. But I will tell you this. You think about LeBron James, who I think has a chance to be league MVP this year. I think he's going to come back like a monster next year and just wreak havoc. Him with Anthony Davis obviously is incredibly formidable. But then you look at the Clippers collectively. You know what Kawhi could do. You know what Paul George could do. You re-sign Patrick Beverly. Zubak was 21 years of age when the Lakers traded him. A seven-footer who could play a little bit. But Montrose Harrell, he's still there. Lou Williams, your sixth man of the year, is coming off the bench. You look at what the Clippers have assembled and, and and to me it's a pick'em. The Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Clippers can both make an argument that they're legitimate favorites for the title this year. Both teams in Los Angeles, it's literally a pick'em right now. I don't think based on that answer he was saying it was a pick'em. I think he thinks the Clippers are better. <laughs> Just <didn't> say <laughs> like literally nothing in that answer other than LeBron James is gonna be a beast this year, which I completely agree with. Um, I think all this talk of LeBron being done because he got hurt. I am one of those people, Andy, who thinks he's going to come back and be awesome this year. Everything else about that answer tells me that he thinks the Clippers are going to be better, and I agree with him. Right now, I agree with him. The Clippers have a team right now that I, if you look at their top three players, I would give the Lakers a slight edge with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kuzma over Kawhi, Paul George, and I guess either Lou Williams or Patrick Beverly. I would give I would give the Lakers a slight edge, not a big one, but a slight. The issue, though, that I think ultimately puts the Clippers in the driver's seat is they have better depth, and their depth makes more sense yep. in terms of roster construction, well, they, and they're going they, to be way better defensively. I mean, it's not even close. Way it's, better. It's not, I mean, like little stuff they did like last week. They picked you know they picked up an extra pick, which by the way they turned around and flipped in this deal as part of absorbing Mo Harkless. In the what was the Hassan Whiteside trade, the thing that sent Hassan Whiteside to Portland, like the Clippers used some of that cap space and picked up a, a draft pick as part of it. So they got a little depth in Harkless, who's a decent player, and they got a pick which they helped turn into Paul George. Like stuff like that, like th- th- it's th- the rest of it, like you say, makes so much more sense. And the defense, like let's stop for a second and talk about what the Lakers are set up right now to be defensively. You have LeBron, who can play defense in the playoffs, but can't be expected to do it during the regular game season. Game in, game out. Um, you have Anthony Davis, who is real good. Yes. JaVale, who they brought back, is good at some things and not good at others. Um, DeMarcus Cousins has moments, but he's never been defined by his defense. No, and, and he's still getting back physically. Right. Never as bad as I think sometimes people like to make it out. No, actually, it's funny. I, I was uh, doing some research for a piece that I'm writing for The Athletic, and I was looking up DeMarcus's defensive metrics with Golden State, even working his way back. They were better than I thought they'd be. And had some great moments yes. in the playoffs defensively. Yes. You know, so like what he is is going to be hard to figure out. Cause remember, it's not just the Achilles he was recovering from in the playoffs. It was that thigh injury in yes. the finals, I should say. And so that took a lot out of him. He had started to play pretty well. He averaged 16 and eight last year. And again, if that's your third best player, 
That ain't bad. Yeah, Danny Green, obviously a very good defender. Very solid defender. Jared Dudley's a good defender. Okay. He's versatile. He's, he's versatile. versatile. He can he'll, do a lot of different he's things. Smart. Yeah, he'll be in the right place I, where you need him. Right. He's not. A Caruso great, he's, is a better defender yes. than I think. Certainly, I thought heading into this season. But you know, Quinn Cook is terrible. Yes, he Rondo is. is terrible. KCP is all over the place. Yes, that's just true of everything. Um, they're not set up to be. A Kuzma great showed signs Efforts last effort. year. He tries, but he's still not a great defender. The Clippers are going to be built around Troy Paul Daniels, George. not a good defender. No. Clippers are going to be built around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two of the better, if not best, lockdown defender guys out there, particularly in crunch time, that you can find, especially on a wing. They've got Montrez Harrell in the middle. They've got Pat Beverly at the top. You know, like that just you know, they may not score as much as the Lakers, although they, they might. They're going to score. I don't, I'm not. Some of these people. Where, how are they going to get? Like, I don't know. Paul George and they got Paul George, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard out there. and Lou Williams. They're going like to score. They're going to figure out ways to score. It might not look pretty, but they'll figure. It would be it out. harder for them to not score than to score. And so, like that is a much more cohesive defensive team. And I think that that's an interesting one. I think the Jazz are an interesting team to compare to the Lakers because they don't have the top end star power, Andy, of LeBron James and. And Anthony Davis, but they do have Donovan Mitchell. You add Mike Conley to that. You add Rudy Gobert. They've got Joe Ingles. Uh, they add Boyan Bogdanovich. Like that is a squad, and so it's going to be fascinating in the Western Conference this year because it's every team's constructed a little bit differently with the the, the top heavy Lakers, the the depth of of um, Utah. Portland's bringing back that backcourt, but they added Hassan Whiteside, and they're kind of tweaking things a little bit. Houston, everybody thinks Houston's like going to be awful. I mean, assuming they don't kill each other, right? <laughs> I mean, but, this is this is a team that has only been taken out in the playoffs by Golden State. Yeah, and so like, I, there, I'm trying to think of the bad. We're back to that place where we were last Man, year. The Pelicans like, are going to be a fun team if they if they stay and healthy. Of course, they could actually yeah. be a good team. They picked up some good players and yes. all that kind of stuff. So like the Kings, to, there, there's one. Bad team. We're back to that thing where there's one bad team in the West. We love you, Phoenix. That's right. <laughs> um, Solomon in Lake Balboa has been hanging on for a while. Solomon, go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I have a comment which is going to lead to a, an important question, so just bear with me. I, Of course, I'm disappointed that the uh, Lakers didn't get Kawhi. I'm more disappointed because they had to wait that they blew their opportunity to get more top-tier uh, free agents that could have really built a nice team. So my question to you is this. They went the, the Golden State model. They were trying to do the trifecta and get the big three, and they, they lost out on that instead of going the Toronto Raptors model with, with a superstar and a great supporting cast. Which one would you have done hindsight is 2020? Well, thanks for the call. I mean, now that I know the answer, I think I'd go the way where you sign the guys. Um, that, of course, Solomon, is a totally unfair way to answer the question, though. I think they did the right thing, Andy. I don't know how, if Kawhi Leonard has legitimate interest in your team, and he's the best player in the NBA, how you how you don't okay. let him go through that process it's, and try to get him. Ultimately, this is going to be decided, you know, once the news starts coming out, how real was the interest? Like Ramona Shelburne just tweeted out, the Lakers meeting with Kawhi Leonard was Tuesday afternoon at a hotel in Westlake Village. Only Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka were there at KL's request. Kawhi Leonard. The location had been switched from El Segundo at KL's request. Within 24 hours, it appears KL met with Paul George nearby same day. 
Okay. I'm just, what I'm saying is, depending on how the news, because we're eventually going to start getting more backstory on all of this, and depending on the details, the way they come out, and we start getting an idea of how real this interest was, how interested was Kawhi truly in playing for the Lakers? You know, were they a fallback option? Were they? I think pure, they were unquestionably no, the but, fallback. But, but how? Look, fallback versus would you have actually played for them? Like, yes. where, but, but like, but that's but definitionally, if there's a there's a massive difference. But you, if I'm not you saying you're wrong. I'm saying these are ultimately right. the details that are going to decide. If this. there was, if Kawhi Leonard had no intention of ever playing for the Lakers, then yes, they got played. If Kawhi Leonard always put the Clippers in front of the Lakers, that doesn't mean the Lakers got played. And it doesn't mean they did the wrong thing. The Clippers had to engineer. A you know, a massive trade, absolutely. And Kawhi Leonard had to wrestle Paul George out of Oklahoma no City. No doubt, like these are not easy things to do. They were not one hundred percent guaranteed to get done. Or by the way, they would have gotten done on Wednesday. Again, I all I'm saying is, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying it's going to be eventually revealed that Kawhi was absolutely playing the Lakers like fools. All I'm saying is, we're eventually going to find out. I think the true degree of interest that Kawhi really well, had, like how much... Let me I'll put it to you this way. Let's just say he had... You know, the, you know going in, the Clippers are his first choice. The Clippers right now can't put a team together that he wants. And if he won't go... If, he, if the Clippers can't get it done, then, you know, the Lakers are his next destination. Is that worth it? Sure. Then but, that's the answer to the question. Well, I, think, but, right? I don't know. We know right I, now, I don't that's know. The to but the you know what? There's so much that we didn't know before. I think it's presumptive to assume that he would have gone to the Lakers if it wasn't for the Clippers. Or even if it was just fifty, if the Clippers can't get it done, he's going to balance it between the Clippers or between the, no, the Raptors and the Lakers. No, but I'm saying we may find out though that the Raptors were actually higher up okay. in that pecking order, and the gap may have been huge. Those are the details that ultimately answer the right. question. If, if, if we don't know him yet, if it turns out that he had no interest in ever joining the Lakers, then they really screwed it up. But or that he was, you know, that he might have done it, but he was pretty reluctant about but that, doing but that's, it. But that's that's what I'm talking about. Like if you you got to do you have you got to have your intel. You got to read the room. But if the interest was legitimate, even if they were third going in, I still don't have a problem with them making the effort. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. We'll uh, we'll we'll set this whole thing back up. Figure out where the Lakers are, figure out where they're going, and all the moves that they made today, because there have been a lot of them. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN Alert. All right, so the Lakers miss out on Kawhi Leonard. Paul George is joining him now in L.A., and uh, it's going to be cray. It's worth, by the way, pointing out, I've seen a few people bring this up, including uh, Roy Bellamy over at the Dan Lebitard show. None of this happens without V. Stiviano. That's true. The Lady V, who outed Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling is still the owner of the team. None of that, literally, none of this happens without V. Stiviano out, you know, I wouldn't say outing Donald Sterling because everyone knew who he was anyway, just having the actual goods on him. If Donald Sterling is still running the Clippers, this doesn't happen. Like, this. No, does not happen. A lot of things don't happen. I mean, it's, it is amazing, like the, the how the arc of history will bend. Like she, like the history books will include her beekeeper visor. Yes, absolutely. Like it's it's nuts, but it's true. Um, She's a right. pivotal character in this. It, it is. It is a, an incredible day, though, for the NBA broadly, uh, because the Lakers went from a team that was pretty much 
guaranteed, not guaranteed, guaranteed, but pretty much guaranteed to win a title. You know, in terms of favorites and what the expectations are and all that, to another really good team in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, the Clippers, Andy, have vaulted themselves up really to be the title favorites. I think right now, in the wake of the the, the Paul George acquisition with with Kawhi Leonard, this is going to be an awesome year for basketball in this city. Oh yeah, I mean, this is it can't get better than this. This should be. So much fun. And and we as basketball fans in this city, whether you are, I think, in the majority rooting for the Lakers or you're a Clipper fan or just somebody who enjoys basketball, we have been waiting for this possibility. I mean, yeah. for a long time. We, but, tr- but we tried like a hundred different ways. I was going to say, we've. it's felt like it's been in front of us in like the last decade plus a few times in 2006 when we were supposed to have that hallway series yep. between the Lakers and the Clippers and the Clippers beat Denver in the first round but the Lakers blew that 3-1 lead we were supposed to get it with Lob City versus the Kobe Powell uh, era Lakers we were supposed to get the extended version of that with the Lakers super team including Dwight Howard and Steve Nash versus the Lob City Clippers that still existed it's never seemed to come out the way it was supposed to it was never happened the way we've been waiting and waiting this feels like the opportunity for it to happen, man. It's just, and, and you know, I, I think the Clippers are the better team right now because if nothing else, we have a better idea of what that could look like. We know what they were last year. You bring a lot of the same pieces back. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is a combination that makes a lot of sense and fits in with what the Clippers do. The Lakers still have Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma. They added DeMarcus Cousins today, which is a potentially... Uh, huge impact in terms of a, a free agent at three million dollars. They sign him to the minimum. Average sixteen and eight last year for for Golden State. And if he is something eighty percent of what he was, eighty five percent of what he was at his best in um, in Sacramento. I mean, he was a top ten guy. I think it also cousins remarkably talented. I think it also can't be overstated just how important Kyle Kuzma is moving forward. Kyle Kuzma is now a a critical piece. He's got to be better than he was last year. He's got to be better than he was. He's he's Kyle Kuzma and and I don't mean this to denigrate him because he's a, he's a good player, but Kyle Kuzma has gotten a lot of love for the found money factor because he's been so much better than what the expectations Correct. were drafting him at 27th. The found money factor is over now. Like he really has to take steps moving forward because the team isn't going to be able to reach where they want to go without Kuzma making those no, steps. No, he's got to be really good. And, you know, they're going to have to – a guy like Caruso or some someone somewhere is going to have to pop up and you say, oh, a little better than I thought. Danny Green's going to have to be maybe a little bit more of a scorer, a little bit more of some, something. Like, And he can't do what he did in San Antonio for a couple of years where he dropped down to like 35 36% from three. He's got to be that guy who shoots 40 yep. to 45%. Yes, he he's going to get plenty of open looks. Yes, he will. And so, you know, he's got to be that good. And – KCP can't be as inconsistent, you know, game to game, week to week. Like, he's got to become more steady. Rajon Rondo has to devote himself the best that he can to playing better defense. And what I've what I've been saying for weeks now, this is we're still going to find out, like, where Rob Palenka is in the you know sort of GM scale. Because some of the moves they made, I like since, you know, the Kawhi thing fell through. Some I like less. I don't know what's available to them, though. Also, too, I don't know who was interested in coming here. I don't know how the fits work. I don't know. You know, I'm not inside all that stuff. So it's hard to say exactly that they've screwed something up or they haven't. I think they've done reasonably well today. 
but it's the little details. It's who are you going to be able to pick up off the, uh, you know, the, the buyout market? Where, where is the scouting department going to find the next Alonzo Trier? You know, the guy in, up in New York who made a big impact with them. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, more found money. Like, they've got work to do. And we're going to find out how skillful they are. So for, as a Laker observer, as a Laker fan, there's a lot to watch. There's a lot to look forward to. And at the very least... It shouldn't look like what it's looked like in the last few years. You can be disappointed about Kawhi Leonard. This is a very good team. LeBron James and Anthony Davis is as good, if not better, a one-two punch that exists in the league. Like, if you want to say that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George equal them... We can have that talk. You can have that talk. There is no, there's nobody definitively better. Like, it doesn't exist. And when you've got that type of one-two punch, particularly in a league that's really no more super team era... You've obviously got a great shot. Right. And so if those guys stay healthy and, and some other things pop up. Absolutely. Like DeMarcus Cousins turns back into something like DeMarcus Cousins. Like, well, now it's a big three again. Um, all right. Adrian and Torrance are on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Uh, hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Um, so looking at how the roster filled out, I like the players. Some of, the, uh, some of them are kind of questionable. Uh, I feel like maybe the Lakers could have uh, – Leverage Kawhi a little more uh, at the beginning of a free agency. How then? Uh, but, but basically giving him the hey, if you're not going to tell us by this time, this is where we're going to go. And then he'll say, but see, then Adrian, that doesn't work that way, Adrian. If you tell him you, you got to do this on our timeline, he's going to say, okay, well, I'm out, and then you're done. And also, too, if you don't get if you don't get him out quick enough, you end up missing out on these guys anyway. I mean, like. For, most of the big names among role players, like the highest end guys that you would have split up that $32 million, they were off the board in like six right. hours. The Lakers had a choice to make. They were either going to get Kawhi Leonard and surround them with minimum players and whoever they signed in the room exception, or they were going to split up that money at the beginning and not go after Kawhi. Like this is... The, the, the there was no massaging this. Right, there wasn't was one like or the other. you could have Kawhi Leonard and, and Danny Green. That wasn't going to work that way. No, it's just like in Ocean's Eleven. You know, Danny Ocean tells everyone, you're right. either in or you're out or, right now. Or they could have said, you know what? We don't know if we can... But we could get Kemba Walker and we'll spend our money on Kemba. They had other choices at the beginning, but if you're going to commit to the idea of going after Kawhi Leonard, you have to do it on his schedule. Yeah. I mean, it was a definitive choice that they were going to have to ride out the moment they decided to make it. It's interesting. This I mean, Here's the, the tweet from Ramona, and you read it in the last segment. This just got me thinking. The late, This is from Ramona. The Lakers meeting with Kawhi Leonard was Tuesday afternoon at a hotel in Westlake Village. Only Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka were there at KL's request. By the way, we didn't even know Rob was going to be there until like it started. Guess he's moving up in the world. Uh, the location had been switched from El Segundo at KL's request. Uh, within 24 hours, it appears Kawhi Leonard met with Paul George nearby on the same day. Kawhi Leonard needs to be a spy. I mean, like, my God, this is really good stuff. And like, I suspect he took Jeannie and Rob, blindfolded both of them, put them in a van, and drove them well, to I'd this like location. I'd like to think he put a hood over their heads. Of course. Well, like, I mean, you were, you as really, opposed to a blindfold? Well, it's more well, intimidating. The hood over true. the head is more intimidating. Then when you remove the but hood. That's a, that's a tough way to and begin the sunlight, a relationship. No, it's, How I, badly do you want the relationship? That's true. I mean, Kawhi's calling the More shots like at this Kawhi point. Kawhi made them put the hoods over their own head, probably. Well, no, but then here's the thing, though. When you remove the hood, it's way more disorienting when that that's sunlight true. comes in. It's like that, a point. That's not where you really keep them off balance. And you have to make sure you're not taking them too close to the ocean because of the marine layer. <laughs> <laughs> really talking about you sensory want, deprivation? You want that, you really want that sunlight <laughs> thing to really hit them. So I mean, it really hits home if it's like a desert spot. Like, no, you know, right. when that sunlight comes in, like, that's really ah, where you keep them off ah. base. But, you know, but that's what you do. I mean, but, like, who knew Kawhi Leonard had this in him? But also, too, like, 
I mean, you read Ramona has a great TikTok up today, and TikTok being the sort of blow by blow how this happened uh, story. Apparently, Kawhi Leonard is a phenomenal recruiter. Like he almost got KD to to agree to come to join him with the Clippers, and he clearly swayed Paul George. Moral of the story is, if you don't say anything ever, when you do speak, yep. people yep. pay attention. Absolutely, just added to his mythos of. Him carrying around bushels of apples. Exactly. He's like <laughs> he's like Chandler Parsons, only more effective. He just looked. He like looked Paul George in the eye and just said, "Apple time." <laughs> Paul George said, "Yes, apple time, apple time," and that was it. He just responded, "Apple time," and that was the end of it. That would be amazing if the recruitment was just apple emojis back and forth, sending texts to each so other. Like green apples mean Seriously, something. All different Kawhi than red said apples. was, "Hey, PG, are you a fun guy?" <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he is getting the last laugh, but. Those were his that final ha, ha, ha. words. Those were his final words to the fans of Toronto were ha, <laughs> ha, ha, ha at that rally. But again, man, they're, they they're good. They don't care. They're, they're good. They, they they will look back on this experience, the Kawhi Leonard experience, all happiness. Oh, the Canadians his, are not going to be burning his jersey. Well, I mean, but again, they, they got something that they never had before. He will get a standing ovation his first he game should. against the Raptors in Toronto. And they'll boo up there anyway. Very polite people. Uh, 877-710-ESPN is the number. Take some more of your calls. And uh, the the question of the point guard, Andy, I'm a little uncomfortable with where the Lakers are. Can you talk me down? We'll do that next. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN LA. Interesting point that I saw made earlier today, Andy, that was that um, people are saying, like, man, AD gave up his trade kicker for this. It's like, oh, man. The flip side is, should you get a trade kicker when you're the one demanding the trade? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I mean seems, it's, it's hard. It seems like an easy way to collect extra money. It, it is actually very difficult to maintain the high ground and I had when you're the I, one who forced your way I out. Had not th- I don't know why I had not thought of that. Like, I felt like, wow, the guy's giving up his $4 million trade kicker. Let's start a GoFundMe. Mason and I actually did a whole bit on that. But Andy... He was the one. Who yeah, I mean, I mean, again, you you lose the high that. ground when yeah. you're the one saying, "Get me out of here," and also give me my four million, four million dollars for getting me out of here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, nice work if you can set it up that way. <laughs> That's why it pays to have a trade kicker. But I'm just saying, uh, it was. Yeah, there, it's not what I. There, there's a certain element of you can only feel so sorry well, for. I, I I I backtracked on that. I, I was like, wow, that was really selfless. And it was still. It was his four million. Sure, it's it's his four mil. Right, I'm just he didn't saying, really earn it. I'm just saying I'm he's saying. not he's not quite the victim right. that some people might label him. <laughs> he did force his. I mean, he didn't just force his way out of New Orleans. No, he, he blowtorched that yeah. mother. He spent four million dollars. He did four million dollars <laughs> I mean, worth of damage. I mean, he napalmed his was, way out of there. It was pretty bad. Um, I, I and I think this is that's actually an interesting point to talk about. Like. I wrote something for The Athletic that people seem to be upset about. about Yes, they are. About the end of Lakers exceptionalism. And basically what I mean by that is the idea that the Lakers are this special ordained franchise where things will work out for them and they will get what they want basically because they are the Lakers is is gone. And the Lakers are still the, the premier brand in the NBA. And there will always be a lot of great stuff about coming here and playing in L.A. and all these they're they're a BFD, but they're just they're, they can't rely on the banners and the history and, and this and is championships some, and all that stuff. This is something important too to to make this distinction. If Laker fans 
want to believe in Laker exceptionalism, great. What's important is that the front office right. doesn't and I, believe and in it. I don't it. think that's what they were leaning on in this case. But if they, but any vestiges of that are dead. And one of the reasons that it is is because players exert so much more control. Think about how we got to this spot. LeBron James decides where he wants to be based on sort of his empire as much as basketball, picks the Lakers. Uh, Paul George tries to force his way out of one city, ends up in another. Kawhi Leonard is controlling his thing. He ends up you know, with his free agency having these three teams all do whatever they want and then engineering another trade uh, with Paul George out of the place where he just signed, where Paul George has enough leverage to make that happen. And meanwhile, the Lakers have LeBron and Davis only because, as you just said, Anthony Davis napalmed his way out of a city. Players don't need a brand like the Lakers in the way that they used to. Players run these things in ways they never did. And joining us right now, and this is this is impressive because she has been a busy woman, I think, over the last 12 hours. She always is. Is Ramona Shelburne. Uh, she has broken news. She's done TikToks. She's told us about secret spy meetings with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the Valley. Um, how you holding up, Ramona? Hey, 818 is where it's at. I think I, we've been pretty consistent in saying that ever since I got to L.A., right? I mean... <laughs> People don't realize how many things go on in the valley. <laughs> I mean, and look, I've been to plenty of dive that bars sounds, out there, Ramona. I've seen a lot like of a things in the valley. You should put that on a t-shirt. I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, like when I'm putting together the geography of this, I'm just endlessly fascinated by the way things moved around. Okay, so let me, let me, let me see and set a little for you. The, the location of the Lakers and Clippers meetings was not – was not firmed up or set until, you know, pretty close to those meetings, right? So, like, I, I, my understanding is, like, the Clippers were kind of, like, on guard to meet with him in a, several different locations. Like, he wasn't sure where he was going to be, so they had to kind of, like, be ready to go anywhere once they got the location. That's and it awesome. Ended up being at, it ended up being at Doc, Doc Rivers' house in Balibu, okay? So that was Monday night. Monday night, I I can't a thousand percent confirm this, but I can I think he stayed over at the Four Seasons in Westlake Village because his meeting with the Lakers, which originally had been planned to take place at the Lakers facility in El Segundo, was switched to the Four Seasons in Westlake Village, and it happened about twelve thirty in the afternoon on Tuesday. Okay, so Malibu and Westlake Village, like if you know. If you know L.A., if you know the geography, like, that makes sense, right? Yeah. The part that gets really interesting is when and where he met with Paul George. And Paul George lives in Calabasas. I have also heard that Drake lives in Hidden Hills, and that's another possible location for where they may have been talking. Um, I don't know exactly where it was, but I think it was at one of those locations. And... It all kind of makes sense if you think L.A. geography, right? Malibu, Westlake Village, Calabasas, Hidden Hills—the area. So we're all we're kind of we're all in this sort of like Kardashian country, Keyshawn country, we call it. This is Keyshawn country. It's like a like an NBA version of Twenty Four. It really is without terrorists and spies (laughs) and stuff. And it all happened the same day, right? So like Tuesday is when I had heard initially that they had talked, but. That was one of those 
you know, hot little rumors we were chasing around during this, and no one would confirm it. No one would knock down details or anything like that. It was just everything was under such lock and key that you couldn't, you just, like, as a, as a responsible reporter, you just couldn't go with it. Right. And, uh, you know, you hear stuff. Right? Ramona, it almost makes it sound like, the way you're talking about it almost makes it sound like Kawhi, and this is extremely Kawhi-ish, was almost like fitting these things in around other errands he was running. Like, I'm not sure where I'm going to be, but, like, would, like, 3 o'clock work? Because I'm, I'm supposed to pick up my dry cleaning or whatever. Well, I mean, you know, you know, like, when you talk about certain relationships and, like, sometimes in L.A., like, relationships just don't work out because one person lives in, like, Arcadia and the other one lives in... I broke up with a girl. My, my wife and I experienced that in the beginning. I, I, I live in, like, the mid-city area. She was in uh, Playa del Rey. I mean, that was that was yeah. difficult. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, like, when you live in the valley, you're sort of used to commuting. Okay. So if you live in, like, you know, where Paul George grew up in Palmdale, like, driving to LA is no big deal, right? Kawhi lived in, grew up in Riverside and Reno Valley area. So he's used to, they're all used to commuting. But, um, you know, he's snobby people who live down on the Manhattan Beach West Side. You guys aren't used to coming up to the valley, right? <laughs> I mean, not, not <laughs> us. We don't live there. <laughs> Ireland's okay. not back until Monday, Ramona. I know, you're right. Okay, but it's like, that's why this thing is so interesting in terms of the, of the level of coordination that it took for Kawhi Leonard and his camp to pull this off. The pressure they were able to apply to both the Lakers, Clippers, and, sorry, to all three of them, and Raptors. Um, I was just reading Bruce Arthur's amazing column on the Raptors side of this whole thing, where Kawhi was actually in Toronto from Wednesday to Friday, just like we thought. The only question was whether he was on that plane back to San Diego Friday morning. Um, and it, it turns out he was, right? Because there was a little decoy there. Like, did he actually get off the plane? Like, there, you know, paparazzi in San Diego were really slipping. Like, there was just no one at the airport following that plane, even though they should have been, right? Like, those pictures would have been all over the place. Um, and that was the big mystery. If he was still in, if he was still in San Diego, or Toronto, then it was like, oh, he's probably, you know, why would he just stay there that whole time? But if he was actually home in Los Angeles or San Diego, that would be really interesting. Um, and what nobody can figure out right now, and still, because of the sophistication that we've all seen that, that took to pull this off, if the Clippers would not have been able to swing this deal, was Kawhi Leonard prepared to go sign with the Clippers by himself, just like LeBron did last year? It's very similar to LeBron's story last year was he willing to go by himself and if he was not willing to go by himself where was he going was he going to go to the lakers was he going to go to the raptors like the teams involved still don't know the raptors you know have have a story in in bruce arthur's column in toronto saying they were losing hope they thought he wasn't all that serious yet he was like in toronto from wednesday to friday so if they were that worried I don't know. The guy is well, in your city. That, and that, this is the question that Andy and I – go ahead, Andy. But this is what we've been yeah. arguing about. From, from what you've gathered, do you think the Lakers played this well? Yeah, I don't think they had any choice. I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard, right? The guy was seemed interested, was interested, met with you, talked to Magic, all of the above. And I just don't think you can turn the, the boat around. And you can't – like once you've committed to go for the guy – I mean – they may. Uh, we don't know. We it, only Kawhi knows. Only Kawhi and his and his camp know. I mean, you can judge by the actions now that it's all taken place. But 
you know, the, 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 there was two teams at the end of this that had a big decision to make. And it was the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Clippers. And the Thunder had to decide whether they wanted to participate in any of this. And obviously they felt like we don't want to have an unhappy guy here. We've already been down that road. We're going to get a historic haul for, from the Clippers to do this. They got what I think is probably maximum value at that, at that moment. Um, but their other agenda was to avoid creating a dynasty super team for the Lakers, right? So as much a motivation as it was to take care of their own interests with you know, getting a better return on Paul George, the Thunder also had to consider if we don't do this and he goes to the Lakers, we're going to spend the next 10 years dealing with this, and we're going to be the team that created that dynasty in L.A. Now the Clippers also had to wonder, if we don't get this done, do we get Kawhi? Do we get it regardless? If we don't get this trade done, is it possible that he goes to the Lakers and now not only did we not get him, but there's a dynasty right. in Staples Center in our backyard? I mean, that was as close to maximum leverage as you can get. Do you, Ramona, based on what you know, is there any reason to believe that the interest that Leonard had in the Lakers wasn't legitimate? Because there are a lot of Lakers fans who think they just got played. I know that, like that, he just strung them along the whole time. I, I, I don't know that we will ever know that. I mean, I, I, you know, to me, the details of all of that, um, of just the timing of like he's recruiting Kevin Durant to come play with him with the Clippers. He's recruiting Kawhi Leonard to come. I'm sorry, Paul George to come play with him with the Clippers. Like that was fairly consistent before. Right, but that just show, uh, that just demonstrates that the Clippers were always his first choice, and he really wanted to go there. But like you said yeah. before, it doesn't mean if that didn't work, he wouldn't have gone somewhere else. Like if you want to be in L.A. and you can't yeah. go to the Clippers, then you go to the Lakers. Correct, and 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 if you don't want to be a part of the whole Lakers atmosphere, then you go back to Toronto. So I, you know. We still are at this point, like, we came into free agency saying this was going to reveal a whole lot about Kawhi Leonard. I learned a lot. He's a lot more strategic than we all thought, right? He's a lot more, he's a lot more aggressive. Like, he, he, this is not a passive actor in this. He actively recruited Kevin Durant and Paul George. And, and, you know, somebody close to Paul said, you know, for a quiet guy, he's a hell of a recruiter. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think we all saw that in him. I don't think we all, I'm still kind of surprised at how, Incredible. I mean, Kawhi Leonard got Paul George to ask for a trade. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, that doesn't happen you know, in modern NBA very much, right? Usually people act on their own. Kawhi Leonard got him to ask for a trade. Wow. And, you know, I didn't know that he would be able to pull that off. So I, I, until we're able to ask him those questions, and even if we ask him, I, I seriously doubt he will, he will reveal Right. Well, um, I think it's safe to say that you know, now after everything we've watched. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all things are still possible. Like he could have been stringing the Lakers on the entire time just to put pressure on the Clippers to make this deal. He could have been serious about the Lakers and the Clippers avoided disaster by making that trade um, at the last minute. All of those, he could have been going back to Toronto and just, you know, you know, still wanting to give LA one more chance. I mean, his actions say, just based on his actions, that the Clippers were the favorite the whole time, and he was trying to find a way to get there and make that work. But I guess we'll really never know unless he just flat out tells us. But I don't, I don't. When, when he right writes his book, in ten fifteen yeah, is years that, is that going to be your interview in the Athletic? <laughs> that will definitely be oh, that would be a good. He's got to call the book Apple Time. <laughs> Apple Time. Apple Time. <laughs> All right, Ramona. Thanks a lot. Appreciate this will it. Be fun. 
This will be fun, guys. This is going to be a good year. I love it. This is a nice. lot of fun. Plus, we have Boogie Cousins and JaVale McGee on the same team. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of mean teamers back. I, there's still space for Lance. I'm just saying. Putting it out there. Bring them all back. Bring Beasley back. All of them. Beasley's available. Yep. You can get them out of that China contract. Guys are amazing. <laughs> all right, thanks, Ramona. Thanks, Ramona. Bye, guys. All right, just, you know, I'm just saying, look, just saying. I would just say, like, at this point, it's actually, you should bring back Lance and Beasley just because it's funnier. It is. <laughs> like, just bring them back. Why not? You know what? Maybe the second time will be better. Well, I mean, continuity. It's true. Um, all right, 877-710-ESPN. We'll sneak in a couple more calls before the top of the hour, and we'll tell you who Stephen A. Smith thinks is the best team in Staples Center. We'll do that next, ESPN LA. All right, so... Uh, for those people who are still stung by the loss of Isaac Bonga in the great name category, this, uh, just out on the news, Cinderis Thornwell of the Clippers just waved. I think the Lakers need to go get him because that is absolutely an all-NBA name. It's strong. I mean, that's second team at worst. It's strong. Um, Cinderis Thornwell. All right. Um, so the Lakers, handy. They look radically different. Say what you will about them, good or bad. They look radically different than they did. Uh, at the end of the season this year, they've acquired Anthony Davis. They have uh, acquired DeMarcus Cousins. They've reacquired KCP and, and, and uh, Rajon Rondo. That part people don't like as much. But overall, this team is way different than what it was at the end of the year. What would you grade the Lakers for this? Because for what they've done through free agency, through trades and all that, you got to take into consideration the AD trade, the whole... Um, you know, the, the Kawhi deal, all of it. What would you do? Wow, this is so hard to answer because I support that they went after Kawhi like this. Like, even as somebody who thought, for the most part, they would have been better off divvying up that, that cap space, that Certainly 32 now. million. No, no, but I mean, like, most stars I wouldn't have done it for. I would, I would not have done it for Kyrie Irving. I would not have done it for Jimmy Butler. I would not have done it. For Kemba Walker, and if the, if they ended up missing out on those guys, or in the same place, I'd be hammering them. I would be giving them an F just in terms of what they prioritize. Right. I mean, you maybe you could make an argument. You use your cap space on on Kawhi Leonard, or on on Kemba or Butler or one of those guys, but to do this kind of waiting game. Oh no well, no no but no! I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just saying you could make the other argument that sure. that's how you spend your I'm money. I'm just saying, but to wait on those guys for totally Kawhi, I, for Kawhi, assuming that the interest was real and they weren't just completely played, I'm not going to fault them for doing that. And because of that, that that result is part of what I thought was an understandable process. Mm-hmm. Having said that, without knowing all the particulars in terms of how this money has been divided up amongst the new guys, you know, where it's getting slotted, how much counts against the cap, etc. Rolling back Rondo feels uninspired. I mean, I know he's a I know he's a league minimum. I get it and he doesn't count against the cap, but in terms of how you're prioritizing this, where you're looking, when the dust settles, if it feels like there are guys who may have been gettable, but you would have had to wait more as opposed to immediately committing the money to somebody like KCP, who I'm not sure was going anywhere. You know, Rondo, not sure he was going anywhere. JaVale McGee, not sure he was going anywhere. Right. There's a little bit of the run it back that has me concerned about the way they went about doing this yeah i wonder i just you know but again it's hard to point it's hard to, off, i don't want to be unfair to them right because the it's, it's hard that to know were on the board that were still out there i mean you can make an offer to delon right right but then your money's tied up i 
considering on who they spent it on, I'd be willing to take that chance. Yeah, and, and, you could still do that with Danny Green. There's an argument to be made there, and they got Danny Green, which is good. And Demarcus Cousins at one year and three and a half million. That's a good one. Is a great deal. That's a great signing. I, I mean, they overpaid for Danny Green market value, but at the same time, they had to get they him. Had to they get had him. to get him. And you can't and, screw around with that. And he's Dal- a great fit. Dallas is sitting fit. there. They've got money to spend. No doubt. So it's a hard question to answer because I, I want to be fair to them. Overall, I still think I give them a pretty good grade. I mean, they, they pulled the Davis deal. There's no, For all the controversy around it, they managed to, whether you believe they had to go back and fix it, whether they think they were in control of Bottom line is they got where they needed to be to have the cap space they needed to go try to get a guy. And, and as we just fine. saw with the Clippers in Oklahoma City, that they gave up a lot is exactly just what happens. Right. The Clippers gave up a ton for Paul George. So did the idea that the Lakers overpaid eh, doesn't seem quite anymore. so much like that anymore. And, and by the way, you're overpaying for Anthony Davis. You're not overpaying for Kemba Walker or you know even Paul George, top 20 guy or whatever. And keep in mind, the Clippers really are overpaying for Leonard and George. Yes, it's. I, I can't. I don't want to give a straight A because I, you know, I, I feel like some of these fringe moves haven't been there. But I mean, it's hard to give them less than a B. I, I think from a personnel standpoint, it, right now, it's really again, it's really hard. It's really hard to know without seeing exactly how the salaries line up and where the money is coming from. Like somebody like Marcus Morris, for example, like. Could be useful. Right. For Marcus this Morris, team. if you missed the news, San Antonio got the full med level there, two years, about twenty million. Could the Lakers do the Lakers have enough money left to try to get him? I don't know. I don't actually know the answer. I don't know the answer to that. Like so much of this depends, like based on when they spent their money, impacts how much money they had to spend. Do they have seven million left? Do they have twelve million left? Could they have more if they had let KCP go, but not I don't know the answer to those questions because it's they're hard. And I leave that to other people. You know, is is the run it back factor? Is that just the the urgency to get something done quickly, knowing that you have to start lining up guys and getting an idea of the team that you have, or is it a lack of originality? Like, I mean, and, or is it just there isn't anything out there? Yeah, like, and if it's you, a thin market, right? And if, if there's not much there, are you better off with? A guy in KCP or Rondo that you know what you're going to get. The, they know kind of what the deal is. They already have a relationship with Rondo uh, with uh, LeBron. You know, Rondo's got a relationship played really well with uh, Anthony Davis in the playoffs that year. Regular season, and he's Rondo played well with Boogie. And he played, played well, well with, with Boogie in Sacramento and New right. Orleans. It's a different dynamic and a different deal with Rondo this year than it was last year. They did bring in Quinn Cook, who is a younger player, um, can shoot really well. That's about all he does, um, but. No, it younger, is all he does. Younger, no, I was going to say younger legs at the very least. Oh, and that's important for this team that's you're going to be looking to load manage. But again, like I, I've gone back bees, to him a few. Fair, I've gone back to him a few times. Like a guy like Delon Wright, who is he's been largely a career backup, but he's been a very good one. Yeah, and he's also in particular a very good defender, mm-hmm. which is the weakness of this team moving forward. You think if the if the Lakers had put out some type of offer that Memphis has to think about, yes, their money is tied up. But when you look at where their money has gone, I'd be willing to take that risk because I think in a lot of ways, somebody like Wright can help out more than at least some of the players they've targeted right. so or, far. But maybe they already know that he's not going to be out of their price range. Right. I mean, who are, there's a lot that's left to be. Exactly. But I, what, what will make this team interesting and I think what will start to come out as they 
are together and you start to see press conferences and eventually Anthony Davis is going to be introduced and all these other things and we'll have time to ask questions. I get the impression, I think what they're going to start doing is really putting out that signal of, we don't need to be great in October. We don't need to be great in November or December. January, February, March, that's when we want this team to come together. Don't freak out if the Lakers are a five seed or a six seed because it doesn't matter. LeBron's not going to care if he's got to go win an extra game in someone else's building. You know, like this is they're veteran enough that that no, but, sort of the, he, but I'm not saying it doesn't matter or it's not here. Important. Here's where I would push back against that, because you're correct that LeBron does not care about where he's seated. I think a lot of these guys don't care and about where they're seated. I don't think they're going to I don't think as a, as a franchise where I push. does think where I do where it does where I do think it matters, where I do think it does it does think it matters. <laughs> where I do think it does matter is the idea that this team doesn't have continuity on its side. So they need to play well enough early i think just to see that you're establishing something they're they're not like that's, that's, they're that's not different. like a, but i think it matters though like they're not a team that like you would look at say golden state or some of these other teams that have been around for a while and if they're playing sure. by their standards uninspired basketball in january you don't care because you know what they can do oh sure obviously you got to build towards something and you know it, and these things matter but i think i think it's it's the build you want to show you're making progress but you don't have to push LeBron or AD through 75 or 80 games. I would agree with that. Push Danny Green. You need to make sure you're developing as much continuity as you can. That's important, though. I mean, this team is not going to have a lot. But they're not going to be able to. You can't can't force feed that against it compared to a team like Denver, for example, was one of the only teams that are coming back sort of genuinely intact this year. Um, I think that basically the only difference is they're going to add Michael Porter Jr. to that lineup. Um, but other than that, they're going to be basically so the Lakers can't compete on that or with the continuity that San Antonio is more or less going to have. You know, the Clippers are going to have to do some stuff, but you know the so you can only work with what you have. Sure, and I just it won't matter if they're a seven seed or an eight seed. I completely in, in, agree. In November or December, and I think they're going to try really hard to. You want to be a little higher than that when the playoffs roll around and show that you're playing better, but that tempering the expectations in that way. I think it's going to be important because that that's the noise. That's the pressure. Um, so that's the kind of team the Lakers have. Well, I mean, look, the good news we've seen is that LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, for better or for worse, worked very hard to make this team happen. And they've got, you know, a responsibility and, you know, their fingerprints on it in a way that didn't always seem that way with LeBron last year. LeBron, in a lot of ways, seemed distant to the team that he was a part of. He's all over this one. Yeah, so there's an accountability that could be very helpful with this team. It's him. Forward. It's Anthony Davis. It's other, but this is you know this goes back to being LeBron's team. Yep. If it was going to hand off the torch to Kawhi Leonard if this trade went through, he's not doing it anymore. It's back to uh, the thing with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and Rich Paul, Anthony guy. Davis, and Anthony Davis. All right, so Alan Slee was going to be back in the morning. He is an animal. He'll be back at eight a.m. tomorrow. Uh, obviously, six o'clock. On Monday, the morning show, those guys are back, breaking it all down on a huge weekend. So, as always, here on ESPN LA, all over the story. Coming up next, Angels Baseball, Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN LA.